What's going on, everybody? Happy Week 12 recap season. Matt, welcome back to the two-minute drill. Uh, I am James Grandi. No, I am not Dan Mellon, the usual host of this show. Uh, I am hosting today with none other than Matt Sells. Matt is back from the bullpen. They're calling him in for the we're calling him in for the long relief. Um, Mellon once again on a flight with the Rock. I mean, the guy just loves the Rock. He couldn't get enough of the Rock. We talk about this every time Sells fills in. How much Dan Mellon loves the Rock. Um, but Matt, what's going on, buddy? How was your week 12? My week 12 was good. Uh, I saw K-State beat KU in the college, uh, ranks, which was big because, look, KU didn't have anything left to play for except to ruin K-State's shot at a Big 12 championship appearance against Jen Piacenti's TCU Horned Frog. <laughs> uh, so the two purple teams in, uh, the Big 12 are headed for the championship game there. Um, and then... Over the weekend, I saw the Jets miraculously pull out a game against the Bears. It looked a little uh, dicey there <laughs> in the beginning. But, yeah, um, it was overall pretty good. And then I found out that the uh, owner of the Nats is, may not be selling because he's actually worth $2 billion more than we thought oh. he was. So, all around a pretty good sports weekend. <laughs> So I'm going to start looking around my house to see if I can find $2 billion laying around. I know. I don't understand um, how, how this guy made $2 billion more dollars in a year. Okay. Well, I'm going to be looking for a couple million, couple billion, couple cents, honestly, would uh, be helpful. Uh, my Week 12 was pretty good. Um, in one fantasy league, I need a Monday night miracle. We are recording here Monday afternoon. So uh, I do need a Monday night miracle uh, from Jonathan Taylor, and I can... Unfortunately, the miracle includes Deontay Johnson as well. So uh, my my uh, optimism, typically high, not very high tonight. Um, so my my big money league was good enough that when I joined uh, John and Pemba and Ryan Hallam on SiriusXM on Sunday night, um, I didn't even care that I didn't play Miles Sanders in Sunday night football because I was already <laughs> – <laughs> whooping oh, the guy cool. that I was playing and Miles Sanders was on my bench. So the 25 something points he put up, I did not care about. Um, no. He needs like 34 points from Najee Harris tonight to beat me. And I'm not at all concerned. No, you, you're, you're probably safe there. Uh, must be a pretty good team. Miles Sanders is on the bench. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. Aaron Jones and Ramondre Stevenson in the, uh, in running back spots. And then Christian McCaffrey in the flex. Yeah. Pretty good. Oh, uh, well, and I, I mean, went on the bench, Miles Sanders on the bench. It's a good transition, Matt, uh, because our first topic for Week 12 is about the aforementioned Christian McCaffrey. And I think it's worth mentioning that, um, let's face facts, you know, our, I think their overarching thoughts on Christian McCaffrey going to San Francisco were going to be, he is the undisputed RB1 moving forward. Uh, it's a great system for running backs. Kyle Shanahan's a guru, yada, yada, yada. And you know what? I was also a part of that uh, bandwagon. Anything to get Christian McCaffrey really out of Carolina, I was here for. Um, but yesterday, we see Christian McCaffrey play season low, 63% of the snaps. Um, he was splitting time with Elijah Mitchell before Elijah Mitchell's injury himself. And since the week nine bye in San Fran, McCaffrey hasn't played more than 65% of the snaps. And we come to find out the oft-injured McCaffrey, who I don't think anybody saw this coming, uh, is dealing with left knee inflammation. And now it's obviously was fine enough for him to play. There was, 
you know, but it was not fine enough to keep him limited. My question is, as a McCaffrey owner, I think this is the best. I mean, this is the source because you are one. Um, we, we go right to the source on this. Are, should we be worried about McCaffrey rest of year if we're dealing with left knee inflammation for a player who, you know, as great, and I mean as great as he is when healthy, has been hurt a lot? So you as a Giants fan have dealt with this with uh, one Saquon Barkley in the last mm-hmm. couple of years being injured and being elite when he's healthy, right? I took some shots later in draft season on Christian McCaffrey because I figured, yeah, you know, if he stays healthy, why am I avoiding this guy, right? right. So far, he stayed pretty healthy. I will say, however, that a few weeks ago, if you go back and listen to the Family Times podcast uh, the week that McCaffrey was traded, Hallam and I, Hallam is a Niners fan, um, had a debate about if McCaffrey's value actually increased by going to San Francisco. And I was of the belief that it didn't actually increase because of the way that Kyle Shanahan runs his offense. It's a matchup based game plan week after week after week. He takes the same approach that Bill Belichick takes in new England. That's why a lot of people can't stand the Patriots guys for fantasy value because you never know what you're going to get, right? Because it's a game plan that's based on their opponent's strengths and weaknesses, okay? We've seen over the last, oh, four or five seasons now with San Francisco that anybody with two legs and who's healthy will carry (laughs) the ball for San Francisco. It's a plug-and-play system, right? We've seen Raheem Mostert shine in this. We've seen Jeff Wilson now both with Miami shine in this. We've seen... Elijah Mitchell, uh, shine. Now it's Christian McCaffrey. There's been, you know, Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback <laughs> gets, gets touches. So I don't think we're going to see him get a full, I don't think we're going to see McCaffrey get a full load of work the rest of the way. There's not really any point They're They're rolling through that division at this point. Um, I don't really foresee Seattle or Arizona being there when it counts. Oh, Arizona's dead. But uh, they're dead. I mean, Kyler Murray just stood up and said schematically we were effed in the yep. press conference yeah. after that game. That. My question was, was that on a Call of Duty field or was that on an NFL field? Good uh, question. Great question. But, you know, I look, they're going to keep McCaffrey on the field, but they're going to limit him. And in terms of touches, I think we probably see him catch the ball more and Elijah Mitchell run the ball more, I think, is how they would probably split that backfield. Now, the question, though, becomes Elijah Mitchell expected to miss time. There's an MCL injury uh, as of Sunday. So right. we saw Jordan Mason step up. Um, he played just nine snaps. They have a TDP as well. He was actually off the IF. Then they have Debo. Like, what? I mean, I guess, like, if Christian McCaffrey is not going to play more than 60% of the snaps, and I agree he's going to be the guy in the in the passing game, is there any merit to maybe just looking? I mean, Jordan Mason will be available on your waiver wire. Um, TDP will be available on your waiver wire. In 14 team leagues that, like, you know, you could have – had an injury to Travis Etienne, who was apparently okay. You could have had an injury to Joe Mixon last week. Like, there could have been injuries in your backfield. 
I mean, is a Davis Price or a Jordan Mason at all interesting? Or are we just going to just um, like kind of monitor the situation and if neither stand out, just continue to just play Christian McCaffrey? Uh, well, first of all, I would still lean like the touches that McCaffrey gets are going to be more active than the touches that other people get, right? Or, right. I will say, here's a question for you, James. How many teams, what percent of the league has bye weeks left in the next two weeks? Well, I know week 14 is a is a big bye week. Um, there is a lot of buys. And I, I'll, but there I, are eight teams in the NFL with buys in week 13 and 14 combined. There's two in week 13, and there are six teams on bye in week 14. So you have a quarter of the NFL still to have their bye week. Yeah. That means you're going to need bye week fill-ins as you make a playoff run here right. down the stretch. So I would monitor a guy like Jordan Mason. Um, I would monitor, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I would do that. I would play it by ear. I think it's going to be Mason. Yeah. Uh, that gets the leftover carries, but I think they do it by committee. I think you'll see Juszczyk get some carries. I think you'll see Debo get some carries. I think McCaffrey will be out in a limited sense. Um, Mason will be in there. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be an RBCC or an RBBC uh, situation. Uh, Jordan Mason, just for context, five carries, 25 yards uh, this past week uh, another running back room suffering an injury is your for your jets uh michael carter they have officially come out robert sala has said carter is day-to-day -day. he also said that for Corey davis for about three weeks and Corey davis didn't play for like all of them so um definitely a situation to monitor but michael carter with the ankle injury um it was an interesting day for jets running backs because they healthy scratch james robinson who they went out and acquired and he actually looked good prior to their bye week. Um, I know he was dealing with a little knee ailment, but then he just didn't play uh, this week. Healthy scratch. Uh, they used a something named Zonovan Knight. Um, he looked very effective. He actually led the team in carries, 14 carries, 69 yards. Um, also caught three passes for 34 yards. So, you know, over 100 total yards for the day. And then there's... Old, reliable Ty Johnson, always seemingly just there when a Jets running back gets hurt, because they always do. Um, what do we make of this Jets running back room if Carter's to miss time? Is Zonovan Knight the guy? Is Ty Johnson someone we're looking at in PPR formats? Because I think we both agree. I know Zonovan Knight is the guy with three for 34, but Ty Johnson is a very good pass catcher out of the backfield. And is James Robinson just dead? Like, what? What? how do you... How do you break down this Jets backfield if Michael Carter is to miss time? So Michael Carter is to miss time. I would still think that they have something tied in James Robinson because they did trade for him. They right. have draft pick capital, uh, you know, tied to his value there. So it was, frankly, quite shocking to find him as a healthy scratch and active uh, this past week against the Bears. So, you know, it, look, if James Robinson is – if they're down on him and we're going to have to pay attention to reports and press conferences and practice and whatnot, they are down on him. I would go at night because yep. clearly he was the plug in. He got a lot of touches. 
Um, they have a pretty decent schedule the next two weeks against, I believe it's Minnesota and Detroit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Minnesota. So you're you are correct on two, but you're it's Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit are the. Okay, are the so next don't play anybody against Buffalo. That's <laughs> is quite good, and the Bills are going to be pretty upset that the uh, Jets beat them <laughs> earlier in the year. Um, but yeah, the Vikings look. Their rush defense is only okay, and the Lions can't stop anybody in any phase of defense. <laughs> so I would go at night. Yeah, 48% of the snaps I think is super interesting because uh, he had played 0% of the snaps up until Sunday. Zero. He had not played a single snap this year. Well, um, okay. but in fairness, he was behind Brees Hall and Michael fair, Carter. And fair. they traded for James Robinson, and they had Ty Johnson. Touche. All, all, all valid points. Um, Ty Johnson, 24% snap share there. Um, I agree on the Zonovan on Zonovan Knight, I'm just like, I just don't know what to make. It's kind of what you said. Like, they did trade James Robinson, an undrafted free agent, for a sixth-round pick when Brees Hall went down. Like, they show they invested in that guy, and then, I mean, things could obvi- things in the NFL change week to week, and Michael Carter being out would obviously. Uh, I-, I think at the end of the day, if James Robinson is active. And we get word that he is working with the ones um, during practice this week. He's the guy to own. Also, um, keep in mind that Mike White being under center helps the run game because Zach Wilson was doing nothing but throwing negative three yards a play. Mike White can move the ball downfield, so it takes it. They can't just sit and put eight, nine guys in a box. They have to respect the passing game, which helps well, any running back. Yeah, and let's talk about White because. Um, he looked incredible and he did this last year too, when he plugged and played for the, the, um, jets and he looked great in his first game. He gave that electric presser where he was like, I think I'm better than every other quarterback. I should have been taken the, as the number one quarterback. And everyone's like, all right, dude, like, you know, let's slow it down. Um, but he was, and then he looked not as good the rest of the year, but he was apparently dealing with an injury. Um, so I guess the question is, Coming off his first start, 22 of 28, 315 yards and three tuts. Is Mike White potentially the best waiver wire option at quarterback? And if not, like, how confident would you be with White if he is your quarterback? Because, like, we've been talking about it all year. The quarterback landscape kind of stinks this year. I mean, a lot of guys we expected to be good aren't. A lot of guys that we expected to be okay aren't. (laughs) Like... There are only a handful of quality starters every week. Like, is Mike White played himself into, and by this is one game, a one game sample. I understand, and you, we just talked about the the schedule: Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit. Is Mike White streamable, or is Mike White startable for the next few weeks? I think he's startable for the next few weeks. And look, that this isn't. Yes, I am a hopeful Jets fan. Okay, but. I can also be removed from the situation and analyze it from a fantasy standpoint. Who else are you getting right now? Like Bryce Perkins is like the only dude on the waiver wire who's starting, right? Yep. And that guy threw for a hundred yards, a touchdown, two picks and 44 yards rushing, which is a whole whopping eight points. Okay. And by the way, doesn't have anywhere near the weapons 
that right. Mike White has at his disposal. Okay. Everybody's going, well, Garrett Wilson disappeared. Okay, no, he hasn't. Garrett Wilson has four touchdowns now without Zach Wilson on the field and <laughs> zero touchdowns with Zach Wilson on the field. That guy just doesn't like being thrown to by Zach Wilson. Elijah Elijah Moore showed up yesterday. Granted, two targets, not great. Made but, love to the football. I don't know if you saw that did, interview. He but did he, make he love, made to, the love to the football and then had an electric presser. Um <laughs> as Elijah Moore tends tends to do. <laughs> sure. And the schedule is pretty favorable, right? Yes, the Bills, okay. But Zach Wilson passed on the Bills. Like, Zach yep. Wilson had a 300-plus-yard day against the Bills, like, yep. four weeks ago, okay? Yep. So, we've, you know, they can be passed on. The Vikings don't stop anybody through the air, and neither do the Lions. So, I think there's a window here for Mike White to actually be fantasy-relevant. And he's got enough weapons on the outside, and there's some semblance of a running game, and the defense is going to keep him in games. So, yep. I think Mike White is a perfectly fine, uh, startable, not streamable, actual startable fantasy quarterback, especially given the guys that are either injured now or coming up on bye. Because you've got Rodgers is injured, you got Stafford is injured, you've got. Um, you know, obviously, Russell Wilson is Justin Fields. Justin Fields. Justin Fields probably won't play the rest of the year. Um, you know, like, and you've got a bunch of dudes coming up on buys. So, I would play Mike White. Um, it is worth noting in the on um, in that Buffalo matchup, they'll have Tre'Davious White and Jordan Poyer, two guys they didn't have for that first game yes. against the Jets. Um, okay. They are two. Those are two quite uh, talented players in the secondary. They, they um, are. They so are. I I may not in in that game if I have another option I may go that direction. But I completely agree on the Minnesota and the Detroit front. Um, okay, but here's the thing: Buffalo, even with those dudes, can still be beat in the slot. And Elijah Moore is a decent enough slot receiver to beat people. Sure. Um, I'm not I'll saying be- they win. I'm not <laughs> saying the Jets beat the Bills. Not saying that, but if you can get 250 and two touchdowns out of Mike White against the Bills, you'll take it, right? Yep, yep. Which is totally plausible. Let's uh rapid fire this. Let's uh I'm gonna do we're gonna do a Mike White versus waiver wire or option, okay? Yep. Um, so these are all players. I'm gonna include a 51% owned player uh, according to ESPN leagues in this because uh, I think it's interesting. Mike White. Or Russell Wilson, rest of the season. Russell Wilson, 51% on. Agreed. Uh, Mike White or Jimmy... By the way, weird stat about Russell Wilson. I know everybody's tracking him against his toilets. But Carson Wentz has three more (laughs) passing touchdowns than Uh. Russell Wilson. And Carson Wentz hasn't played or sniffed the field since week six. Okay? Russell Wilson's a dumpster fire. Just dump him. It is. you're getting negative money on the dollar at this point. Just dump them and cut your losses. Uh, Mike White or Jimmy G? I will take Mike White only because Jimmy G seems to be able to win games without throwing touchdowns. Mike White or Deshaun Watson rest of the year? Dang. I might go with Watson in that one. I think it's a perfect segue because we – 
might have seen the last start of the year for Jacoby Brissett. Deshaun Watson eligible to return uh, in Week 12 against? Week 13. Week 13 against? Houston. Houston. His former uh, employer and favorite Please tell me the NFL didn't think this through before they came. They are very uh, – they they think about everything. Um, this was clearly thought of, of, about. Um, so I guess my question is, as we head into the rest of the year, uh, the Cleveland Browns, not dead. Um, I don't want to announce them dead yet, but they're 4-7. and seven. Um, They're getting Deshaun Watson back. How do you assess Watson's fantasy outlook rest of the year? Because he's only been practicing. This will be his second week of practice, right? He was able to return to practice last week. He is now eligible to play in week 13. How do you assess Watson from a fantasy standpoint? And what about some of his weapons that include, you know, and these three are are the main, I would say, pass catchers of the bunch, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and Donovan Peoples-Jones? Um, look, he's obviously quite talented. There's a reason right. why the Browns traded for him. We've seen Deshaun Watson put up top five QB numbers with next to nothing in Houston. Right. Right. Like they got rid of so much wide receiver talent and yet, uh, Watson still just yeah. chucked it up to anybody. Okay. Amari Cooper has been very good under the radar this year. For he has. He's been very, very good. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been a sneaky solid wide receiver option. I'm not saying he's a stud. I'm just saying he's been sneaky good, okay? And when Njoku's been healthy, now we all understand why they gave him the contract extension. Right. They did. Here's the thing. I don't think I would start Deshaun Watson this week. Houston, for as much as they can't stop the run, actually does a pretty good job of stopping the pass. They've only allowed they're, – they're allowing, like, less than 212 yards passing a game. Right. Um, and Houston and, and Cleveland runs the ball more often than they pass the ball at this point. Right. It's very close to a 50 50 split. And when you have a guy like Nick Chubb in the backfield, whenever you want to call plays for him, um, that usually goes pretty well against Houston. So that aside, he also hasn't practiced very much, as you said. And you have to assume that he's going to be trying to press to impress not only Cleveland fans, but also get back at Houston fans, right? And when we see guys press and try too hard, that's when crappy performances happen. So I'm not sure that I would play him this week. Going forward, though, I don't have – look, off-field stuff aside, I'm not talking about that. It was right. Fantasy perspective-wise, I have no problem playing him after the Houston game. Yeah, I mean, I we just don't know what the rapport is going to be. I mean, for 12 right. weeks, this team has worked with a different quarterback. And I know, like, we've seen plenty of quarterbacks step in, Mike White, this week. Um, but at least Mike White has had practice reps for 12 weeks. Deshaun Watson right. has he practice He also started reps. in the same system last year. Right, started in the same system, correct. So um, it'll definitely be interesting. I mean, look, we just talked about it when we talked about Mike White. Quarterback stinks. It is the worst year of quarterback. There has been a lot of disappointing top draft picks. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray. Um, it, it's been a it's been a disappointing year. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you know, Smith's the top ten quarterback. Yeah, That's I mean, it. yeah, it's. I mean, look, it's it has been a forgettable year at the quarterback position. Um, so, 
Marcus Mariota is currently a QB one uh, in in ESPN format. So like, take you know that that is what that is what it is. That's the that is the current landscape. So like, if I am using someone like, um, like if, if my starting quarterback right now is Daniel Jones or it's Kirk Cousins or it's Derek Carr or it's Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, and there's I'm sure there's plenty of teams with those guys, right, as their starter, because there are plenty of fantasy owners that wait on quarterback. I you have are, Derek Carr as my QB, too, in a super flex. I would take off-rip, out of the gate, as you mentioned, everything off-field aside, Deshaun Watson, the football player, the fantasy asset, I'm playing Deshaun Watson over every one of those guys. There's a lot of talent in Cleveland, they have a very good run game. Their defense should be better than it is. He is he's as good as it gets in fantasy at term and at the quarterback position. And he hasn't had these weapons that he has in Cleveland. So there are probably a handful of guys I'd start over Watson. It might blow up in my face. It might blow up in anyone's face that uses him against Houston. Um, but just the the fact that his dual threat ability, his touchdown like everything about Deshaun Watson on the field makes me immediately put him in my top 12 week one doesn't matter he is a top 12 quarterback to me this week and rest of season and I think to the question I asked earlier about like how much he elevates these guys like they've all had great years and I think it only could get better. Um, there's only, obviously only one football, and Nick Chubb still breathes in this world. So, like, um, we'll see. But I think Cooper, Peoples-Jones, and Joku all get boost to Deshaun Watson's um, presence. Uh, Matt, can we annex the NFC South and just yeah. send them away, never to be seen again, never to be spoken about again, and just act like we've always had a 28-team uh league um and if we can't who's gonna win that division <laughs> somebody 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 explain it because it seemed like the bucks had figured it out for three quarters it seemed like the bucks had figured it out and then they didn't um and then they lost a game that they, they sat have on timeouts for some inexplicable reason that who's gonna win the di- <laughs> who's winning the division is it still the bucks is it still the bucks division to lose is sam darnold the answer is Artie Smith a, a dog in Atlanta? Is Are the Saints ever going to realize that Andy Dalton stinks? Like, who is going to win this division? Like, okay, so the U.S. played England in soccer over the weekend, right? And it, it had a massive viewership. Like, right. bigger viewer. I think it was might have been bigger viewership than the Michigan-Ohio State game, but I can't remember. Um, but either way. In soccer in England, they relegate the teams that suck. I think we should do that with one division every year in the NFL. Agreed. Agreed. Right? The NFC South this year is that division. Um, look, if if the Bucks lose two more games, they can't. There's not going to be a winner that's over five hundred. They're five and seven right now. Well, they can. Well, they can. Yeah, if they lose two. Well, and well, everyone. If everyone wins out, which can't happen because they obviously they got to play each other at least a couple. Yeah, I mean. Everyone is potentially able to go over 500 because four and it's it's four and eight, right? Isn't Carolina and New Orleans both four and eight? 
Yeah, so they, they can technically out, so. they, they can both out, technically win out. <laughs> the two teams above them can't win out because there's going to be divisional games down the stretch. Um, yeah, it's terrible. Like three weeks ago, somebody said everybody in the NFC South is fighting for either the conference lead or the fifth pick in the draft, right? Like, it's terrible. I still have to go with the Bucks because yeah. the talent is there, right? You're talking about Tom Brady. And by the way, uh, on Sunday was his first loss ever in his career when leading by at least seven points with two minutes left in I the mean, game. Dude. The loss. So... Like that's nuts, right? Like, the, like the confluence of events that are happening here is, is not great. Todd Bowles sucks, but I still think that the Bucks <laughs> have enough talent to overcome the suckage of their head coach. Um, I still can't figure out how the Saints are winning anything because I like literally their offense is I don't even know anymore. Um, Atlanta won't pass the ball to save their lives. Um, they have Drake London and Kyle Pitts, and neither of those guys are going to crack, like, 60 catches, which is ridiculous. Um, and God help me if Sam Darnold comes back and leads the Panthers. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> so I would I would say the Bucs still have the talent on offense and defense to, to win that division, and they have the lead right now. I think they hold it. But it, it's not going to be pretty. So I'm I'm going to take a different stance, okay? I'm going to go with the Artie Smith-led Atlanta Falcons. Oh, my and here's, God. And here's why. And I'm not saying I want this to happen. I don't. I don't. Like, this is their boring. Tampa Bay's schedule the remainder of the year. And, I, I you know, it's not the easiest. It's not the hardest. But... After they after they play the Saints next week, Monday Night Football, they have to travel to San Francisco. I think we both favor the 49ers in that game. I think 49ers are one of the teams probably favored to win the Super Bowl at this point or to make it represent the NFC. Um, they have to face the Bengals, who are literally dominating in every facet of the game right now, kind of like they did last year, and that's kind of what pro- catapulted them into the Super Bowl. Then they have to play the Cardinals in Arizona. And I know the Cardinals aren't great. They still have a lot of firepower that's going to be in Arizona. And then they end with Carolina and in Atlanta for the final game of the year. So, I, you know, there's three losses in there. There's three losses in there. That's a 10-loss team. When you look at the Falcons, okay, <laughs> Pittsburgh at home next week, very winnable game. In New Orleans, very winnable game. The only tough games, I mean, Baltimore, definitely tough, but we just saw what Baltimore can look like. I mean, we just saw the the Jaguars come back on that team. Home against Arizona, different than going on the road. And then week seven, week 18, Tampa Bay. Give me the Falcons. I know Tampa Bay currently has the tiebreaker because they have the um they have the win over them but atlanta also has the bye week the week 14 bye right i don't think it can come at a better time they win week 13 against steelers get a bye week to and then they have two weeks to prepare for the ravens i i'm taking the falcons to win this division 
I don't think anybody in the fantasy community wants to hear that because how much love they have for these young guys in Atlanta. And they just, they can't understand that Artie Smith having five wins with this team is a miracle and he's doing wonders for this team. I mean, look, we all know it's a bridge year for Marcus Mariota to whoever's next, but uh, give me the Falcons. They're going to finish eight and nine and win this division. Um, I'm pumped for them. I'm pumped for them already. Three and two to win the, to finish and they win the division with that week 18 win uh, against Tampa Bay. Let's, uh, we could quickly talk about Aaron Rodgers, and then we can uh, finish it up with a little uh, game that I we, we're going to run a little by ourselves. But if Rodgers, we just got word from Matt LaFleur, they still don't have anything concrete on Aaron Rodgers. Simple, simple question, Matt. If Aaron Rodgers is to return this year or eligible to return this year, should they just continue to ride out the Jordan Love experience, or should they turn back to Aaron Rodgers? I think you see Jordan Love start in week 13, then the Packers have a week 14 bye, and then you see Aaron Rodgers back. Hmm. Interesting. Well, so here's – I heard Collinsworth and Tariko talking about this on the Sunday night game when Rodgers was hurt and Love came in, and Tariko made a point that on this date, like, 15 years ago or something, Collinsworth was calling a game for some network and Brett Favre got hurt and Rodgers came in and that was the end of Brett Favre's career in Green Bay. Here's the only difference. Favre was a free agent at the end of that year. Aaron sure. Rodgers just signed a four-year deal. A lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. Like $50 million <laughs> guaranteed. So much money. So much money. So much money they can't afford to pay anybody else on that team, which is why yeah. they had to trade Devontae Adams. Right? So... You're not. I I understand that it's basically a lost season at this point. They've got almost zero playoff hope in the wide open NFC because they're now four and eight after losing to the Eagles. Um, I'm sure that if they win out and 17 other teams have a loss or a tie or some exact point total, um, the rest of the way they may have a shot. Right. So I think that's what we see. I think you see Jordan Love play in week 13, and then they have a bye, and then you see Rodgers back out there. Because at this point, what is the what is the value of playing Jordan Love? You already know that Rodgers is there for another three seasons. Right? So it's mm-hmm. not like, oh, we have to go find out what this guy is because we may need him next year. No, if he has a good game in week 13, you don't see him again and they trade him in the offseason because they'll be like, hey, remember Matt <laughs> Matt Flynn that they yep. that had a good game and then Seattle signed for an obnoxious contract? And then Russell Wilson and then Russell Wilson won the job. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, so, no, I don't think I think Aaron Rodgers plays in week 15. I guess it's just all going to depend on the injury. Um, if I mean, he's it's eligible to league, return. which is going to linger, but maybe he can smoke enough ayahuasca or whatever the hell it's called <laughs> to make it feel better. I don't know. <laughs> ayahuasca, but yeah, ayahuasca might be as good. I mean, um, smoke enough of it. Maybe that's how it's going to <laughs> They're 11th currently in the uh, NFC. Seven teams make it. So eight, eight teams make it. All right. Isn't it eight now? No, I'm pretty maybe sure seven. it's seven. All right. Math is hard. Three um, wild cards. Yeah, math is hard. Uh, seven makes it. Um, Washington Commanders, left hand up. We are the 
who are we, the commanders, they are seven and five in the current uh, final position. So um, definitely something interesting. Matt, let's finish up with a little rapid fire, okay? And this is just based on recent performance. Um, I think uh, all guys that a lot of people are, are kind of looking at like, oh, I might, I might have something here. So let's go over a little rapid fire. We're going to start with Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Jacksonville Jaguars. He is coming off a monster game, 321 yards, three touchdowns through the air, uh, led the Jaguars back, had the little two-point conversion for the win as well. Um, are you buying buying or selling Trevor Lawrence as a top eight quarterback rest of the season? Top eight? Yep. Um, so the likes of Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, possibly Justin Fields, Geno Smith, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, um, and then Trevor Lawrence is currently top 10. That is your top 10 as of now. Uh, we are obviously, that is excluding the return of Deshaun Watson, um, Tua Tungabailoa is healthy. Uh, so top eight quarterback rest of season for Trevor Lawrence. No. Like, he's great, right? And I have him in a super flex league, and I keep swapping out him and some other guys. Um, but my problem with Trevor Lawrence being a top eight quarterback the rest of the way is the schedule, okay? They get Detroit in week 13. Great. That's a tasty matchup. Although we've seen Detroit be better the last few weeks, but not great, right? DVOA-wise, they're still the worst pass defense in the league and whatnot. Then they face Tennessee who's pretty good defensively. Then they got the Cowboys, who are pretty good defensively. Mm -hmm. They got the Jets, who are also pretty good defensively. Um, Houston, in Week 17, for the leagues going to championships in Week 17, their pass defense is pretty good. So, I don't know. It was impressive what he did against the Ravens. I'm not, you know... Not saying it wasn't, although the Ravens' defense is not very good in the second half of games this year. They just give up a whole lot of points in the second half. Um, but I have a hard time believing he's going to be a top eight with that schedule. Buy or sell, 300, we'll call him Mr. 300 after Sunday's performance. Josh Jacobs as a top three, you know what, top two running back rest of season. He was the clear-cut no question, unequivocal RB1 in Week 12, uh, going for 300 yards and a couple scores. Um, Josh Jacobs, buy or sell, top two running back rest of season. Top two? Yep, top two. He is currently RB2 on the year, only behind Austin Eckler. Okay, well, the 46-point showing that he had. <laughs> he's had two, well, he's had two of them. Well, to be fair, he's had two, he has had two of those uh, this season. Yeah, um, that certainly helps. Top two. You know what? Sure. We'll we'll go out there, because I think Cleveland is now going to start to pass a little more now that they have Deshaun Watson back, right? Yep. Um, McCaffrey is injured and basically in a timeshare. Saquon has been... Doesn't look good. Doesn't right. look healthy. Doesn't look healthy or he looks worn down. Right, he looks worn down. I think they, I think they used him up too much early in the year. Right, um, can't really count on. Look, Joe Mixon has been injured. Derrick Henry's been stoppable at times. And again, you got to kind of look at schedule here. They got the Chargers, who you can run against. Yep. Yep. 
They got the Rams, who the Chiefs just ran against with yep. no problem. Uh, the Patriots. That'll be tough. That'll that, be a tough spot for him. That'll be tough. You can scheme against them, but that's probably the toughest one. The Steelers you can run against. Not an elite matchup, but middle of the road. And the Niners are going to be tough. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't move the ball against the Niners. Not really. But I'll still go. I'll still say that against the Chargers, the Rams, the Steelers, he can put up enough points. Are you to... buying top two Josh Jacobs season? Or are you yeah. selling? Yeah. I mean, as much as – I mean, yeah, I'll buy it. Okay. Uh, we're going to head back to New York. The theme of the podcast has been New York, New York today. Um, Garrett Wilson, with his newly acclaimed quarterback, his new best friend and Mike White, uh, as a top 20 – receiver rest of year which is entrenched in wide receiver two territory and if you're saying you're buying top 20 i mean you might be buying like close to rb or wide receiver one status but we'll stay at top 20 uh, a top 20 receiver because he is he is clearly their number one receiver i know elijah moore was you know had a big catch uh yesterday but gary wilson out doubled up and some two and a half x anyone else's targets uh in week 12 is Garrett Wilson a top 20 receiver buy or sell rest of the year? Presuming that Mike White finishes out the year as the Jets starting quarterback, I would buy. Okay. Because the Vikings you can pass against, the Lions you can pass against, the Jags you can pass against, aside from Lamar Jackson not being able to, uh, and the Seahawks you can pass against or run against, as Josh Jacobs discovered. Um, so, yeah, I would, I would say – I would say yes. Look, he got eight targets from Mike White yesterday. First first start of the yep. year, he's gotten eight targets and uh, two touchdowns. So, yeah, I would take it. And finally, at the tight end position, and I, I, I have top five written down, and I almost want to boost it up because tight end's been so bad. But we'll <laughs> stay there. Dal- Dalton Schultz, it's just such a bad position, and, and we'll get to it. Dalton Schultz. As a top five tight end rest of season, uh, Dal- Dalton Schultz looks just different when Dak Prescott is under center. So top buying or selling Schultz top five rest of year. Yes. Probably the easiest Probably the easiest buy, I but think, of the... It's kind of by default, right? Because who's yeah. ahead of him? Andrews and Kelsey? All right, top three. Yeah, I mean... Probably. Who, who else are we debating in this group? Uh, Hawkinson, Kittle. Uh, list really ends there. Uh, Higby's dead. Uh, right. Gerald so Everett. It's Hawk and Kittle and Schultz. He's absolutely top five because we've only named right. four dudes aside from Schultz. Top three? <sighs> It depends on what Michael Gallup does, right? If Gallup, who's looking healthier, continues to siphon off targets, then maybe Schultz doesn't crack the top three. But I'd be comfortable saying he's a he's top, top five. Three. You'd be comfortable saying top top three? Okay. I would Done. put him right behind Kelsey and Andrews at this point. I would too with Dak. Uh, him. I mean, we saw the report last year. We've seen the report when they've both been healthy this year. It's um, it's pretty special. They have a, they have a great connection with or without Michael Gallup because Gallup looked great in the Giants game. Ceedee Lamb looked great in the Giants game. So did Dalton Schultz. Dalton Schultz had a big game um, himself. Um, big shout out to you, Matt, uh, for filling in for Dan. It was a great segment. Um, 
fun segment as well. I'm sure you love to talk about your Jets literally from front to end of this book. But uh, Man, it's not often. The, the, not often. <laughs> you know what? But your Jets are different this year. So, you know, respect the, uh, you know, got to give them their flowers when you can because there's not a lot of times we've been able to in the past. Uh, but big shout out to you. Big shout out to Dan. Uh, presumably we'll be back next week. Um, and big shout out to the FA Nation for supporting this pod and supporting us every week in, week out um, across the uh, Fantasy Alarm stratosphere, you know, in, in every facet, football, baseball, basketball, hockey, NASCAR, you name it, we have it. You guys support us. Um, so we appreciate you all, you all and we'll catch you guys next week.